Want to go on a road trip? Then hitch a ride with Hayley. Would you go with me? Wednesdays, 10 a.m. UK time on Line Dancer Radio. Morning and welcome to Hitch a Ride with Haley. My name is Haley Wheatley, and today is Wednesday, the 16th of September. Yeah, that's right, it's a Wednesday, and you're not used to hearing me on this particular day. From but from now on, you can tune in on a Wednesday and hitch a ride with me midweek. This is my new spot, and permanently, I hope. So, thank you to everyone joining me today. That first track was Sweet Attraction, the dance. 
Adams was called Sweet Attraction. The song is What Gave Me Away by Trisha Yearwood and Garth Brooks. I love that one. And it was played a lot at the weekend I was just at. Uh, it's a Demusk Kate Sala choreography. I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a moment. But first of all, let me see who is checking in with us today. I have to say good morning to all these lovely faces I can see in the chat room. Jim Stankiewicz, good morning from the good old USA. Well, actually, Jim, that's where we're going first today. Tell me, do you know anything about Connecticut? And Phoenix Adamson is in the chat room too. Morning, Haley. Tuned in for 9 p.m. after my second of two beginner classes today. Oh, you've just finished. You said 8.30 p.m. was your finish time. Wow, so it's such a busy day for you, Phoenix. Thanks for tuning in. Linda Burgess, hello and good morning. A lovely wave from you here. And Claire Kitching is saying good morning. I'm listening whilst working as usual. Thank you, Claire, for having me on in the background. It's great to be with you. And Sandra Burns has shared some great gifs. What would I do without your gifs in the morning, Sandra? And hello to Kirsty Harpen Fox, too. Good morning. And Tino Herger, how lovely to see you in listening in today from work, you tell us. And uh, y'all have a good ride. I really hope we will today. And I have to share with you the excitement I had at the weekend because I was actually at my very first live event since February. Uh, a lot of the events, you know, we've had them all cancelled on us this year. But Big Dave uh, did a little tune event up in Newcastle near me. And he invited Demusk and myself along to teach. And I tell you, after not being at an event for such a long time, it was quite magical. It really was. I enjoyed myself so much. And as I say, uh, I danced that sweet attraction with D. If you haven't done that one yet, you must. It is a beautiful dance. And one I taught the weekend that I really like, I think it's an up and coming one, is a Maddie Glover dance. This one is Southern Dreams. And just in case you haven't done it yet, I'm going to play this next track for you to have a listen. Some people dream of what they may be, where they may go. Thank you. 
old Ford's box fence, back porch, cotton growing up to your knees. I dream of Mississippi moon pies, mason jars, fireflies, William Faulkner, old New Orleans. The only Paris for me is in West Tennessee. If I'm ever any other when I lay down the sea, I dream in house to church pews, rooms you'll never Line Dancer Magazine, then get ready to go back in time. Timelines with Dave Morgan. Mondays, 9 pm UK time, exclusively on Line Dancer Radio. Come and join multi-award-winning DJ and Crystal Boot Hall of Fame member Dave Baycroft for the monthly chart show, Saturdays 12 till 3, exclusively online dancer radio. Yes, and I was just at Dave's event at the weekend. So great to be back at a live event with actual real people. Uh, I'd love to know how that is going in your part of the world. I know we get a lot checking in from all over. Any events at your way or are all the events still being cancelled? It's so sad to see so many that are. So fasten your seatbelt hitchhikers and come on a ride with me today. I'm going to take you to the USA, first of all, to a state called Connecticut in New England and uh, I'm just going to see who else is joining in and coming along with us. My dad's in the chat room. He says, morning babe, listening in. Hey dad, I can see you uh, sharing some gifs there. Now you're just showing off now that you can make it into the chat room and uh, add those gifs in. Good morning, Jean Robinson. She is saying, morning everyone listening in in the background. Thank you, Jean, for having us with you today. It's really great to see you in the chat room. And uh, let's see who else. Oh, Willie Brown's in. Hello, Willie Brown. Hi, everyone else. And Haley, of course, hope you're well. Uh, great, great to hear you and listening to you this morning, Willie. Great show as always. And Judith Burrell Todd listening in from warm, warm, sunny Norfolk this morning. Uh, Judith, my mum-in-law. And uh, can you bring some of that sunshine back up north with you when you come? Would you mind, Judith? That would be great. And of course, one place where it can get nice and warm in the summer is Connecticut. So let's first of all talk about why Connecticut is called Connecticut. The name means Long Tidal River. Before European colonization, the region of Connecticut was inhabited by a number of Native American tribes, such as the Pequots and the Mohegans. They all spoke different languages from a different language group. Now, the name Connecticut actually comes from the Algonquian word Kentucky, which can be translated as Long Tidal River, upon the Long River or beside the Long Tidal River. And uh, both of these are referring to the Connecticut River, of course. Now, modern-day Connecticut has been inhabited for more than 10,000 years. 
The Connecticut region was populated long before the first Europeans arrived. The first to live there were the Paleo-Indians, who came from the Americas via the Bering Strait from modern-day Russia. They were using simple instruments such as stone tools. The Paleo-Indians of Connecticut are said to have been semi-nomadic, and as such hunted, fished, and foraged in a variety of locations depending on what was available seasonally. By the time the Europeans arrived in the region, though, the local indigenous people were all settled in villages. They, there, there they cultivated crops and uh, made themselves at home. Crops such as beans and squash, while still substituting partially off the land. So we're just setting the scene here in Connecticut now. Has anyone ever been to Connecticut? Do you know it? Have you been to New England? Maybe you've been by there in New England, but never quite in Connecticut itself. And so we're going to learn a little bit more about it today, but I'm going to start off with a dance from a choreographer who uh, I believe she lives in Connecticut now. I think she's from New Jersey, if I've got this right. And this is a cool dance of hers. I'm talking about Jill Kaufman Weiss. And this particular song, it's a seal song, and the dance is called I Can't Stand the Rain. Rain Against my window Sweet memories I can't stand the rain Against my window Bringing back sweet memories I can't stand the rain Against my window you're not here with me Here when the pain Do you remember How sweet it used to be When we were together Everything was so I can't stand the rain 
kiss my window Because she's not hearing me bit of seal there really like that one jill i personally can't stand the rain actually so it's a great song for me to dance to and we're in connecticut today as we travel on our journey hitchhikers and i hope you're enjoying it we were just talking about how the indigenous people of connecticut were established there for many many years and talking about the first europeans that came over now the first european to explore connecticut was actually from the netherlands the dutch explorer adrian block was first came to the area which is now known as Connecticut in 1614. He came on the ship on rust. He and his men explored about 60 miles and uh, 97 kilometers up the Connecticut River to the area which is now the capital of the state, Hartford. It's thanks to Adrian Block and his men that the area of Connecticut was later colonized. Very interesting. The first European settlements in Connecticut though were English, not Dutch. And while the Dutch may have been the first Europeans to enter the region of Connecticut, they never established any permanent settlements. They did set up trading posts, of course, but it was the English settlers from Massachusetts who made Connecticut their home first. And the settlers were English Puritans, a group of Protestants who broke away from the Church of England because they believed the church needed to be purified in its Roman Catholic influences. And uh, just talking about it, I'm seeing in the chat room, I'm saying, has anyone ever been there? And uh, Jim says, well... I mean, spending 16 years growing up there, I might know a little bit about it. Family living and resting all over the state. Ah, that just makes me nervous, Jim. I hope I get these facts right, and I'm expecting you to keep me right, so be aware. Graham Kennedy, hey, Dad, uh, he's got a fact for us. He's told on the news today that today is the 400th anniversary of the Mayflower setting sail. Very cool. See, that's where I get my love of facts from. And uh, Jim is saying it's actually where his grandparents arrived in America too. They came to Connecticut. So very interesting. And uh, do you know where from Europe they came from, Jim? Where is your heritage? Very interesting if they were some of those Dutch English or English settlers. And uh, Judith saying, I've been uh, to New England. We have relatives who live in Boston, Rhode Island, and in Nantucket too. Awesome. And just talking about the last dance, Willie Brown is in the house saying, Jill is amazing, and all the JK shufflers are a fun group. This is a good little beginner dance. I also remember Michael Barr's dance from a few years ago to the same track. 
cool very interesting it is a great track i have to say and connecticut looks a really interesting place i've never been in fact connecticut created the very first written constitution that's why one of its other nicknames apart from the nutmeg state is the constitution state in connecticut's early days there was a great amount of political freedom and independence it's as a result of this freedom that they created something called the fundamental orders in 1639 the fundamental orders basically described how the people of connecticut colony would govern themselves as a self-ruling colony the fundamental orders have been said to be actually uh, the first form of written constitution within the entire Western culture. And did you know Connecticut played an important part in the American Revolution too? When the war broke out between the 13 American colonies and Great Britain, Connecticut did not shy away from the fight. While Western Connecticut was more loyal to Great Britain than the others, they bowed to political pressure from the East and aided in the conflict. One of Connecticut's greatest contributions to the war effort were supplies. While that actually may not sound that important, what we must understand that a lot of these supplies were weapons. It's thanks to their well-needed contributions to the war effort that Connecticut gained yet another nickname, the Provisions State. Okay, I'm going to go into this next track next. I love this dance, and it's not just because I'm a big Disney fan and I love the movie Coco. Day of the Dead in Mexico is such an interesting holiday, and the dance is just as cool. Um, this one's choreographed by Dan Albro. Now, he went to school in Connecticut. Of course, he lives in Rhode Island now with his wife, Kelly, and I'm sure that's probably where he choreographed this dance. But uh, that Connecticut connection there is enough that I get the chance to play this very cool song.
singing You and I were dancing toe-toe Barefoot on the pills of the old I woke up clinging to Everyone place your bets and join Tino Herger for the Line Dance Roulette Show. Every Saturday, 9 to 11 a.m. UK time, here on Line Dancer Radio. Good morning. Good morning. We've talked the whole night through. Good morning. Weekdays, 8 to 9.30 a.m. UK time. It's time to wake up with Willie. Live from Scotland, join Willie Brown for breakfast on Line Dancer Radio. And there we go. A great track there, Day of the Dead. I love it. Kirsty Harp and Fox is agreeing with me. Love Day of the Dead, she says. You're with me, Kirsty. You're with me. And uh, I have my whole family in today. Judith Kennedy's in the house. That's my mom. Willie Brown is saying, your facts are so much more interesting than mine, lol. Uh, oh, Willie, your facts are great. I tell you, though, I spend way too much time researching these facts than I should. I learn so much as I go about on my travels. And actually, here's a fact for today. This day, in 1959 the first plain paper xerox photocopier was introduced to the world and you know my first thought when i read this was i wonder how long it took before someone realized that the human derriere could actually be photocopied on there too 
couldn't help myself. All right, uh, Jim. Jim is saying, my family didn't arrive until the early 1900s. They come from Poland. I think I guessed that previously from your surname, Jim. Uh, on my mom's side, they settled in a different state. They just wanted to be in America, uh, like so many of us. And uh, you have shared a great gif of Coco there. I tell you, I love that movie. It is a kid's movie. I've spoken about this movie before, actually. If you haven't seen Coco, watch it. If you like the song Day of the Dead, you'll love the movie. But I cried my eyes out at the end. It is so good. <laughs> Sandra Burns, of course, is saying, Haley, you like Disney? Did not know that. And I know that's sarcasm. <laughs> and she's even tagged Ross Brown because he knows it too. I love my Disney. Uh, we're in Connecticut at the moment as you hitch a ride with me. The region of Connecticut was little more than an agricultural region until the early 19th century. Except for a few small townships such as Hartford and New London, the region was good for not much more than agricultural purposes. Fortunately for the state though, there were quite a few entrepreneurial pioneers. One such pioneer was Eli Whitney, who came up with the idea to use machines to make various gun parts. Okay, Eli went on to create a musket factory in Hamden after the federal government put, an, put in an order for 15,000 muskets. This is just one example of the shift to manufacturing from agriculture with many more like it. By 1850, there were more employees in the manufacturing industry than those in agriculture. Agriculture. Connecticut has had such a long history of arms manufacturing and of course it all started with Eli Whitney as I said and his muskets in Hamden and after Eli's success the, uh, the manufacturing of arms boomed. Eli was far from the only entrepreneur to capitalize on the growing need for firearms though. Samuel Colt, the inventor of the Colt revolver also started in Connecticut. Other famous firearms from the region include the Tommy gun, the Gatling gun, and the Winchester rifle. Gee, thanks Connecticut for all those guns. The first nuclear-powered submarine was built in Connecticut. The nuclear power submarine USS Nautilus was launched in January 1954 into the Thames River and commissioned the following September into the United States Navy. Because of her nuclear power, she was able to travel longer than any existing submarines at the time. She was the first submarine to complete the trip to the North Pole. And Connecticut was one of the first U.S. states to vote against the 18th Amendment. For those that don't know, the 18th Amendment was an attempt to, of the part of the U.S. government to put an end to alcohol-related societal issues such as poverty. This amendment made it so that the tran production, transportation and sale of any alcoholic beverage was illegal. Wow. And began on the 17th of January 1920. Connecticut and Rhode Island were the only two states who rejected the amendment, refusing to make it law within the boundaries. Unfortunately for the states and their residents, when the amendment became federal law, they had to comply. And Connecticut has one of the largest gaps between rich and poor in the US. If you only glance at the numbers, then Connecticut looks pretty good. In 2013, it was calculated that the state has the highest income per capita in the US, sitting at 60,847 US dollars. Unfortunately, if you take a little 
closer look, it's a little bit dire. Connecticut was also found to be in the top three states in terms of millionaires per capita in 2013. And this stat skews the state's income per capita data because uh, there's actually a lot of poor people in Connecticut too. And it has the largest income difference between the average earnings of 99% and 1%. Okay, I'm going to play you two back to back, but I got one more fact for you before we do. Connecticut's official state hero was a spy. I'm not talking about James Bond or anything like that. I'm talking about Nathan Hale, Connecticut's very own hero, was a soldier for the Continental Army during the American Revolution. He lost his life at the young age of 21 when he volunteered to spy on the enemy Great Britain in New York City. He became a hero for the cause when he was caught by enemy forces and hung by the neck. Although he was always considered an American hero, it wasn't until 1985 that he became the official state hero. Although he was killed by the British. Sorry about that, Connecticut. I'm going to play you two back-to-back -back dancers now. This first one is a little nightclub. Uh, it's a Jacob Bank song, and it's choreographed by Sarah Preston from Connecticut. Have a listen. I believe what I say Why does everyone end me wrong? If I told you different, would it sound the same? Would it make a difference in any way? I know I done wrong, I'll pay for it It's your turn to talk for once I'm listening Say that you don't want me, say that you don't need me Tell me I'm the fool Tell me you've been tortured, tell me you've been betrayed oh, What I've done to you Even if it doesn't Look at all this heartache, what is that? Forgetting how it started, this is how it ends Oh no, I know I done some wrong, I'll pay for it But it's your turn to talk, for once I'm listening Say that you don't want me, say
dress in black, remember that Just in case we have a face-to-face and make contact The title held by me, M.I.B. Means what you think you saw, you did not see So don't blink, be what was dead is now gone Black suit with the black ray bands on Walk a shadow, move the silence Guard against extraterrestrial violence But yo, we ain't on no government list We straight don't exist, no names and no fingerprints Saw something strange, watch your back Cause you never quite know where the M.I.B.s is at Uh, eh Light into sight, tight camera zoom on the impending doom. But then, like boom, black suits fill the room up with the quickness. Talk with the witnesses, hypnotize up, normalize up. Vivid memories turn to fantasies. Ain't no one my bees, can I please? Do what we say, that's the way we kick it. Yeah, you know I mean, let's see a noisy cricket get wicked on you. With your first, last, and only line of defense against the worst scum of the universe. So don't fear us, cheer us. If you ever get near us, don't jeer us. We're fearless, send my bees freezing up all. Black men in black, uh, and the men in black. Let me see you just bounce it with me, just bounce with me, just bounce it with me. Come on, let me see you just slide with me, just slide with me, just slide with me. Come on, let me see you take a walk with me, just walk it with me, take a walk with me. Come on, and make your neck work. Now freeze. For your own protection Cause we see things that you need not see And we be places that you need not be So go with your life, forget the Roswell crap Show love to the black suit Cause that's the men in, that's the men in great Connecticut choreographies there. The first one was a little nightclub choreographed by Sarah Preston. That last one was Dancing in Black choreographed by Robin Rivard Darby. A great one, that one. I used to love that one. And I won't go all men in black and yet and delete your memory here because I want to fill up your memory with some more Connecticut facts. I didn't realize I had so many. Jim saying in the chat room, well, technically my arms were manufactured in Connecticut. Really? 
Okay, um, and uh, here's a little fact. Both of the Bush presidents were born in Connecticut. George Sr. was the first in the family to go into the line of politics. The hamburger's official birthplace is Connecticut. And if you head over to the city of New Haven, you can taste a little bit of history there. You'll find a restaurant called Lewis as lunch that's been running since before the 1900s but that's not the main draw the real significance of this establishment comes from an event in 1900 when the world's first hamburger was created and it tells the story that Louis Lassen the owner and proprietor at the time threw together a few simple ingredients for a customer who was in a rush the rest is history the hamburger was born Connecticut is considered the most haunted state in the country Ed and Lorraine Warren have declared several sites demonically possessed and there's a cursed town and even a haunted hiking trail. You never know, you might go there and see a ghost. Uh, the Scoville Memorial Library is the oldest public library in the country. It was started in 1771 uh, by Richard Smith and the returning of exchanging and bringing back books took place four times a year on the third Monday of every month. And uh, between all the papers, daily, weekly, monthly, and Sunday publications, it's estimated Connecticut has 144 papers. A lot of papers there. Bristol in Connecticut is referred to as Mom City USA because of a large supply of chrysanthemums growing and sold there. Connecticut was at the forefront of vehicle law, being the first state to establish speed limits and to require license plates, but the speed limit then was only 12 miles per hour. And here's one I love, the Pez factory is right there too, and you can get an incredible collection of Pez dispensers there. West Haven there is actually one of the oldest settlements in the country, but it was often forgotten since the town wasn't officially incorporated in Connecticut until 1972. So as one of the oldest settlements, it's actually one of the state's youngest cities. The official state animal is the sperm whale. That often gets a few chuckles from the kiddies. And Mystic Seaport is the largest maritime museum in the world. If you haven't had a chance to visit, add it to your bucket list immediately. And there's no agreed upon word to call a person from Connecticut. If residents were forced to choose, uh, luckily they're not, but most would say a nutmegger, or names could include a Yankee and a Connecticutoan. Cotoian? Connecticutoan. Jim, you'll help me with that pronunciation, right? I'm going to just play another one here. This is Kathy Hunyadi, who hails from Connecticut. I like this one. This was a co-choreography from her and Peter Metelnik. Tell me if you remember this one. It's called Clickety Clack. And she used a smile Saving every penny she came For a one-way Dixie-bound Amtrak ticket Headed for the prom swing Her mom and daddy Begged her not to go When the day she dreamed of came And she waved goodbye Sitting well high From the window Of a southbound train Now she's got a fire Burning deep inside 
Choreographed by Peter Peter Metelnik and Kathy Hanyadi there. I'm getting my tongue tied today. We're in Connecticut and we're hitching a ride here. This is our first stop off and we've been enjoying some great facts there. Jim is sharing a fact in the chat room with us. Just don't ask for cats up as they don't have it and we'll take it away from you if you bring it in. Seriously? All right, so before we leave Connecticut and go someplace new, I'm just gonna go through a few of our final little facts here. First of all, I just wanna talk about where you can visit if you go there. Uh, Foxwoods Resort Casino is one. It's for the rich and playful and features deluxe accommodations, fine dining, spa facilities, and excellent shopping. Mystic Seaport Museum is the nation's leading maritime museum and largest in the USA for its notable collection of sailing ships and boats and for the recreation of an entire 19th century seafaring village. The Mark Twain House, and did I mention Mark Twain is from Connecticut? And you can go to the house there. It's a quirky, old-looking building in Hartford, Connecticut. It's where the author and his family lived from 1874 to 1891, and there's some exciting tours of this building daily. 
Gillette Castle State Park is somewhere to check out. It looks like a medieval fortress, but it's a 24-room mansion that has undergone extensive renovations. It has lots of large outdoor areas to relax in, and that merits its state park status, but the castle itself is a truly unique building. And famous Connecticut people, if you're wondering who comes from here, apart from Jim Stankovich, of course, we would uh, list Catherine Hepburn, Michael Bolton, Christopher Lloyd, and of course that fashion designer Betsy Johnson. And a top food if you're heading out there, hot, hot lobster rolls are well known there, apple cider, and as mentioned before, Pez candy. And I'll leave Connecticut with some very weird Connecticut laws. Did you know it's illegal in Connecticut for a pickle not to bounce? And in Hartford, you aren't allowed to walk across the street while walking on your hands. Damn it, I do that all the time. And in Hartford, it is illegal for a man to kiss his wife on a Sunday. And I read this law, I didn't read any rules about kissing another man's wife. I don't know if it's just your own wife, who knows. But hey, I've had a great time in Connecticut with you. And of course, it's nicknamed the Nutmeg State. I love nutmeg in all my hot drinks. And I had a little look online. There is actually a dance called the Nutmeg Shuffle. It's choreographed by Wayne Fields. And although I haven't actually danced this one, I love this particular song. Any excuse for me to play a little bit of Brooks and Dunn. sun goes down on my side of town That lonesome feeling comes to my door And the whole world turns blue There's a rundown bar across the railroad track I got a table for two Weighing back where I sit alone Think of losing you I spend most every night Beneath the light Of a neon moon Now if you lose your one and only There's always room here for the lonely Go watch your broken dreams Dancing and out of the beams Of a neon moon I think of two young lovers running wild and free I close my eyes and sometimes see you in the shadows But this smoke will run No telling how many tears I've sat here and cried Or how many lies that I've lied Telling my poor Be 
bit of a sad song seem to say what I think And it's heard inside of me Ain't never gonna end Oh, but I'll be alright As long as there's light from a neon Tonk Highway with Kelly Cavallaro. To find out what happened the morning after and the night before, Tuesdays, 2 p.m. UK time on Line Dancer Radio. Okay, so hey, hitchhikers, we're just leaving Connecticut in the United States. We're going to head further down into America now, and we're going to go to Ecuador in South America next. So fasten your seatbelts before we leave. I'm just checking into the chat room to see again what we're saying here. Jim Sankowicz has shared a great picture of Kathy and himself. Of course, we played clickety-clack because Kathy hails from Connecticut. So thank you for sharing that picture, Jim. That's awesome. Kirsty Harp and Fox, I'm going to say goodbye to you you're saying off to work soon but enjoyed your show Haley. thank you bye for now thank you for joining in jim is also just saying as we leave connecticut two little facts that we will regret not coming across one it is the home of the what wiffle ball factory that backyard game that keeps windows from getting broken with real baseballs ah, i I don't think I've ever played that game. Frisbee was started by those crazy college kids at Yale. When they were done eating, they would toss the pie plates from Mrs. Frisbee's pies. Is that how a Frisbee started? How cool. What a great thing. And Sandra Burns is saying this dance our class is named after. So it's Neon Moon was the track. Of course, we were, we were celebrating the nutmeg shuffle there, but I know there are so many dances to this great song. I just love Brooks and Dunn. I really do, especially that one. All right, I'm going to take you to Ecuador with me now. Uh, If you're planning a trip to Ecuador, you'll be visiting the smallest country in the rugged Andean highlands and one of the most rewarding travel destinations in South America. Ecuador travel is full of surprises with its array of vibrant indigenous cultures, well-preserved colonial architecture, otherworldly volcanic landscapes and dense rainforest. 
Ecuador packs its perimeters with more points of interest than many countries twice its size. And of course, I always get help with some of these Southern American ones. I want to thank Tino Herger, of course, for he sent me a lot of information on Ecuador. And uh, do catch his show on a Saturday. Uh, he does this great roulette show and it's brilliant. I only missed it this week because I, I was at a real live event. Have I mentioned I was at a real live event? Yeah, I was a little bit excited about it. Um, I'm going to play you this next one. This is as we enter Ecuador, as we get set to enjoy this place. This is choreographed by Alexandra Hungabula uh, from Switzerland. Uh, it's sang by Leo Rojas, who is an Ecuadorian singer, and the dance name is Celestial Ecuador. <laughs>
Oh, great. Celestial Ecuador. That one does just cut out there, but it's a great track. Um, it's choreographed by Alexandra Hungabula, and I have to be careful saying that because Tino has just said in the chat room, Hilly Wheatley, my new Alexa is a bit overly sensitive. Mentioning Hannah, I won't say her name again, has made her go mute. Oh, my Alexa is so temperamental, you know. She works for everyone in the house except me. I don't think she likes me. Or oh, either that or I have a very strange accent. And uh, Jean Robinson is saying, glad you are the DJ and not me. I couldn't even begin to pronounce some of the names you do. Oh, Jean, I'm so glad you missed the ones I don't say correctly. <laughs> there are a few, I promise you. And uh, we're just looking at the highlights here of Ecuador. We're entering Ecuador, of course. My job is to help you travel from home because we can't travel in real life right now. So we're going to have fun anyway. The highlights of Ecuador and the first on the list would have to be the Galapagos Islands because in all honesty, this is the must-see place in Ecuador. Travel via boat through the islands, gaping at the exotic and jam-packed wildlife spectacle. You'll not be sorry. The marine life is like nothing you will see. You can get incredibly close to animals and they have no reason to fear you. It is unparalleled for wildlife viewing and really feels like the enchanted islands, which they are so aptly named. Now, Quito is another place uh, you can check out in Ecuador. It's the capital city, actually, and sits in high altitude in the midst of the Andean peaks and volcanoes. It is split in two parts. One side has a colonial feel to it with its cobbled streets and architecture, whereas the other is the opposite, a cosmopolitan hub of busy urban dwellers. Now, Cuenca is another colonial city you'll find in Ecuador, and it is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. It's an ideal place to relax and wander around. The center is the most attractive part, but everywhere is draped with history. And you can even stay at Mansion Alcazar with its fantastic location and elegant interiors. It is just a fantastic place to see. Now, there are several cloud forests there that have mossy foliage and hugely diverse populations of birds and frogs. The moisture in the clouds make the forest a luscious green and they're packed with life. Well worth a visit if you are spending time in Ecuador. There's the highlands of Ecuador too. They stretch through the middle of the country and compromise the Andes mountain range, making this region a focal point for the company, for the country. For those that venture into the small communities and villages, you will see traditional life and escape the mass numbers that flock to the Galapagos. There are a couple of luxury haciendas there that are superb places to stay whilst exploring these gorgeous nearby locations. And of course the Amazon, the Ecuadorian Amazon is hugely expansive. Although it makes up half the country, it's hardly inhabited with only 5% of the population living there. Visit there if you want to see fresh water dolphins or if you want to go spotting some of the other wildlife. Anacondas, armadillo, 1,200 different species of birds and monkeys and more. Mm, I, I love to see animals. My daughter loves animals. Uh, and uh, monkeys are one of them. That sounds like a cue for a bit of dance monkey for me. Check out this one next. Take your hand, my dear, and bless them both. 
Monkey, a cracking track there. Whether or not you do Alison Johnston's dance or Roy and Fiona's dance, it's still a great song, all the same by Tones and I. Okay, so we are in Ecuador, and Phoenix is saying in the chat room, Oh, for a moment there, Haley, when you mentioned Ecuador, I thought there was going to be a dance you'd mention written to the classic dance track Ecuador by Sash. There may be a dance to it. Very interesting, Phoenix. I didn't see one when I was looking online to find some Ecuador related tracks. So maybe you should share this song and maybe you should write to it or someone might want to join you and write to it. That's 
let us know what that track is cool um so we were just playing dance monkey because we were talking about the wildlife in ecuador ecuador boasts over 1200 species of birds the iconic andean condor is one of the largest flying birds in the world with a wingspan that can be extended over three meters the country is home to over 120 species of hummingbirds birds such as long wattled umbrella birds and plate-billed toucans are found in the cloud forests too. Land tortoises, land iguanas and marine iguanas are found in the Galapagos, uh, but caimans can be found in the rainforests of the Amazon. Ecuador is home to a vast range of frogs, including tree frogs and poison dart frogs, and highly poisonous Ferdelon snake is found here too. Very very scary i don't know if i want to meet that snake so uh, has anyone been to ecuador anything you want to add or would you like to go of course well, our places are getting a little bit more um diverse and we are traveling further afield at the moment uh we'll see where our third place is today you may have been there um i'm gonna just come uh, to some little fun facts about ecuador it is the closest country in the world to space you might think the clo closest point on Earth to space would be Mount Everest, right? Highest mountain in the world. But you'd be wrong. The reason has to do with the fact that the Earth is not a perfect sphere. Because of its rotation, it bulges slightly at the equator. And that means that all things being equal, the equator is closer to space and farther from the center of the Earth than anywhere else. The bulge is big enough that Mount Chimborazo in Ecuador is actually 1.5 miles higher than Mount Everest because the mountain peaks are measured from sea level. Mount Everest is considered higher because the bulge in the earth at the equator also means that the seas are higher too. Now, Ecuador is the only country in the world named after a geographical feature. The official name of Ecuador is Republica de Ecuador, which literally means the Republic of the Equator. The equator runs through the country and, in fact, there's a large monument about 45 minutes away from Quito, where you can stand in both the northern and the southern hemisphere. Wow, so that's where its name comes from, the equator. Well, there is actually a dance called Equator. It's to a Drake White track and it seems a perfect one to play next. It's choreographed by Urban Danielson from Sweden. Just a big old magnet that cuts the world in half And it's pulling my spirit to the middle of the map Border transportation don't matter to me, no As long as its destination is latitude zero Of that feel good life. 
Peggy Margarita Captain, you just say those words And we'll get to leaving Well now, free the birds and the coconut Peggy Margarita Captain, you just say those words And we'll get to leaving And that's where we're traveling, travelers. We are down on the equator in Ecuador at the moment on our hitchhiking travels. And I just want to welcome Michael Lynn into our chat room this morning. He's saying, morning, gorgeous Haley Wheatley. We've been tuned in silently since 10.30 a.m. How are you and the listeners? We're doing all right, Michael. Is that Nick there with you? Hello to you both, if indeed it is. So while we are in Ecuador, why not look at some of the local drinks we can get there? Now, bearing in mind, I've been home this week starting my degree and uh, getting ready for my new time slot. So I've needed a lot of drinks this week. Uh, I haven't had as many as I would like, but these sound amazing. They're some of Ecuador's signature drinks. Uh, and I'm sure I probably won't pronounce these right, but Canelato, which is found all over the country and at restaurants. It's a typical drink uh, made with cinnamon and a tart orange fruit, water and sugar served hot. Oh, there's the Colada Marada, and this is a drink traditionally served on the Day of the Dead, hence the name Marada. And um, families gather at the graves of loved ones and bring this uh, drink and some uh, sweet bread in the shape of a baby. And they drink and eat in order to honor their loved ones that have passed over. Uh, the drink is made from blue or black cornflour, Andean blackberries, pineapple rinds and fruit including babaco and naranilla. Uh, chicha de piña is a pineapple drink and uses spices and sugar to create a beverage that refreshes one on a very hot day. It's made by boiling pineapple rinds in water and then adding cinnamon sticks, cloves, anise, allspice and sugar. 
and uh, once it's cool it's a great drink that bursts with flavor apparently horchata tea is a speciality blend of herbs and it was created in Ecuador uh, it's known as a herbal remedy with a strong antioxidant qualities and it's found in uh, juice cartons especially in and around the Loja area colada de avena uh, is an oatmeal and fruit drink that is found around the country. It's normally served at breakfast and lunch for kids, but is a staple with afternoon snacks too. And it's made with oats, water, cinnamon, brown sugar, and naranilla. Uh, what? With oats? Crazy. Some variations add milk and some use other fruits like papaya or pineapple. You know, I can't even imagine what that tastes like. But most importantly, one thing to know about Ecuador is that it's all about bananas. That's right. The country's biggest export is the yellow fruit that everybody knows and loves. So big are its banana exports that Ecuador ranks as the top exporter of bananas in the whole wide world. And believe it or not, some of the bananas you actually find in your own supermarket will have been exported from Ecuador for your pleasure. And uh, the next dance is relating to that. This is choreographed by Pat Stott to a Jack Joan Johnson song. Um, although Sophie Ruling from France also choreographed to this particular track, the track and the dance is called Banana Pancakes. <laughs> Can't you see that it's just raining? There ain't no need to go outside. But baby, you hardly even notice when I try to show you. Song is meant to keep you doing what you're supposed to. Waking up too early, maybe we could sleep. Make you banana pancakes, pretend like it's the weekend now. Pretend it all the time Can't you see that it's just raining There ain't no need to go outside But just maybe like a ukulele Mama made a baby Really don't mind the practice Cause you're my little lady Lady, lady love me Cause I love to lay you lazy We could close the curtains Pretend like there's no Pretend it all the time, Lord. And can't you see that it's just raining? There ain't no need to go outside. Ain't no need, ain't no need. Can't you see? Can't you see? Rain all day, and I don't mind. Telephone singing, ringing, it's too early, don't pick it up We don't need to, we got everything we need right here And everything we need is enough Just so easy when the whole world fits inside of your arms Do we really need to pay attention to the alarm? Wake up slow, mm-mm, wake up slow Try to show you this song is meant to keep you from doing what you're supposed to. Wait. 
banana pancakes Pretend like it's the weekend now And we could pretend it all the time yeah. Can't you see that it's just raining There ain't no need to go outside Ain't no need, ain't no need Rain all day and I really, really, really don't mind Can't you see, can't you see There we go. We're eating bananas in Ecuador. It sounds like it's raining here, but that's okay because we're enjoying some nice drinks. And in the chat room, we are talking about Ecuador. Guess what? Michael Lynn has just shared some uh, scripts to dances to that particular sash song, Ecuador. Very interesting there, Michael. Thanks for finding those. So if you like that track, there you go, boys. You can dance to that one. And Nick Goodman has said, yep, he's here too, sorting out a couple of bits and sorting out the kitchen cupboards. Very cool. Jim Stankiewicz. Oh, there had to be a minion post when we're talking about bananas. How can you not? Banana. Absolutely. And uh, we are just going to go through a few more Ecuador facts because I'm going to get ready to leave here and take Take you somewhere new now ecuador has the first world's first unesco world heritage sites uh at the world heritage conference in 1978 32 sites were in the inaugural list each world heritage site has a number and site number one is the galapagos islands and site number two is the city of Quito, both there in Ecuador. Ecuador once joined with Colombia and Venezuela from 1822 to 1830. Ecuador was part of the nation of Gran Colombia, which included Colombia and Venezuela. After gaining independence from Spain, Ecuador joined Gran Colombia. But the project soon fell apart and Ecuador became a republic in 1830. Hey, that iconic Panama hat you know and love, yep, that's actually from Ecuador. Panama hats are woven hats made from toquilla palm plants, plants notable for strong, durable fibers. The hats were made in Ecuador and originated from humble regions despite their dashing image today. These famous woven hats were traditionally worn in Andean and coastal regions of Ecuador as far back as mid-1600s, but as the sophisticated weaving practices gained acclaim in the 18th century, the Monte Cristi region began producing these straw-brimmed hats and shipping them to Panama on the way to the United States. The label on the boxes often had the shipping point for products, which was Panama, and the rest is history. Now, Rosalia Artiega, the first female president of Ecuador, served for only two days. In 1996, she was installed as vice president after the election of Abdallah Bukaram. On February the 6th, 1997, he was removed from office by Ecuador's Congress. There was a dispute about who should assume the office of the presidency. Congressional leader Fabian Alarcón was sworn in on February the 6th, but Ortega insisted that as VP, she should have been next in line. She was then sworn into office on February the 9th, and on February the 11th, however, Alarcon was once again sworn into the office with support of Congress and the army, and Ortega resigned. She ran him for president again in 1998, but she only received 3% of the vote. And the orchard capital of the world, or orchid, however you, you like to say it, has, uh, is Ecuador. 
Ecuador has 4,250 species of orchids, from which 1,301 are endemic, making the country with the one with the most orchid species in the world. And the flag of Ecuador is uh, three different colors, but it's highly symbolic. The upper yellow stripe represents Ecuador's fertile lands and bountiful crops. The middle blue stands for the country's sky and ocean. And finally, the red at the bottom stands for the blood of all those who fought to secure its independence. And here's just a little fact to finish our time in Ecuador. Due to the altitude in Quito, water boils at 190 degrees Fahrenheit. That's 87 point seven 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 eight degrees celsius oh my goodness and immediately talking about that reminds me of this dance um heat water this was a maggie gallagher choreography and it's called water on the flames the last thing Was a question in my head Some things we say don't make any sense I can make myself real small Pretend I'm somewhere else Leave you for a moment But there's no escape from myself I wake up with sunlight in my eyes
Sundays, 5 to 7 p.m. Dim the lights, pour the wine, and relax with Michael. The Sunday Chill. The Sunday Chill. Bringing you the hottest dances from Asia. Join Philip Tuesdays, 12 till 2 p.m. for Asia In Line, the heart of Asia. to go around the world with Ross Brown. Join Ross on his travels Wednesday 12pm here on Line Dancer Radio. Easy like Mondays with Nick Goodman. A show dedicated to beginner and improver dancers. Mondays between 10 and 12 on Line Dancer Radio. There we go. We've been in Ecuador, guys. I hope you've enjoyed being here with me. We're going to head back to the UK now, or back to the UK for me, because that's where I started today. I know we're all in different parts of the world, so if you're not in the UK, come on over here with me now. We're going to go to Chester in Cheshire, and the main reason I bring this one up is because we've been talking in past shows about all the things going on with Chester Zoo. It's in danger of, of closing as Chester Zoo. Uh, they they were really struggling and then they received donations and now it seems that they're really struggling again. Chester Zoo and dozens of UK attractions like it are at risk of closure unless the government follows through on the promise of financial support. It is feared. When zoos and aquariums were able to reopen to the public again in June after being closed for three months during lockdown, the UK government pledged 100 million financial support to help the country's zoos and aquariums who experienced such a huge financial loss in the pandemic the moment it's not actually happening yet but hopefully it will because i love the history of chester zoo and it's why i want to bring you here today um there was a great tv show if you didn't see it see if you can get it on catch up somewhere it's called our zoo and it's the story of chester zoo and um how it opened and the story of george motter head and his family um and how stubborn he was to to persevere and open this zoo without bars in 1931 um in fact chester is one of the uk's largest zoos at 51 hectares uh if you can see that show check it out uh great actors and actresses in that too it has liz white in it and lee ingleby uh who is a great actor if you look through my profile pictures far back enough actually on facebook you'll see a picture of me and him uh when i played a a line dancer on a tv show called george gently i ended up being put into the next makeup chair next to him in in his cabin so we were getting our makeup done together and i was like oh can i have a photo because my daughter loves the tv show our zoo totally didn't matter that he also uh, is in the harry potter movies this guy too our zoo was definitely my daughter's favorite show at the time and uh, it does go over that history of chester zoo back at the turn of the 20th century a boy named George Motter's head was taken to a zoo in Manchester. What George saw that day inspired him to want to do something very different. Determinedly, he told his father, when I have a zoo, I won't have any bars. George never forgot that day, nor did he ever forget the vow he made. 
1930, he was a grown-up man with a family and he bought Oakfield House and seven acres of land for £3,500. And with him, he bought a group of animals from a zoo at Shavington near Crewe. These were the first animals of Chester Zoo. The zoo opened in 1931 and in 1934, the North of England Zoological Society was born. Keeping the zoo open throughout the Second World War was definitely no mean feat. And again, if you ever watch the series, you see what he went through. But George did it. Um, as you can tell, he certainly wasn't one to give up easily. And when the war was over, the zoo began to grow and it grew fast. One of the zoo's slogans back then was always building. George's amazing energy, enthusiasm and skill earned him an OBE and Honorary Master of Science degree as a term as president at the International Union of Zoo Directors. And that is the history of Chester Zoo. And uh, that's why I'm going to bring you here today. Now, we have a choreographer that lives slap bang in the middle of Chester, although I'm going to highlight some dancers from those close by. But that choreographer is Daniel Whitaker, and he has had some amazing dancers from Chill Factor and more. But there's one of his I really always liked. Don't dance it nowadays, but we should. It's a train track, and it's called Drive By. <laughs> On the other side of the street I knew Stood a girl that looked like you I guess that's deja vu But I thought this can't be true Cause you moved to West LA Or New York or Santa Fe Or wherever to get away from me Cause oh, I swear to 
and I was just asking in the chat room if anyone had been to Chester we're just dipping down here today and some facts it's the birthplace of James Bond or well okay not actually 007 himself or the books but the actor who plays Britain's current MI5 agent Daniel Craig was born in Chester in 1968. Uh, Chester has also pronounced produced uh, some of the UK's best sports people, including professional snooker player Ricky Walden, Olympic medal-winning gymnast Beth Tweddle, and top footballers such as Michael Owen, Danny Murphy, and Tom Heaton. Uh, the oldest race course in Britain is uh, in Chester, Chester Racecourse. Uh, it's been holding events since 1539 and best performing university in the northwest of England for employability is the University of Chester. It's such a successful university that 95.2% of its graduates go on to work or further study within six months of graduating. And um, Chester Renaissance, over the past 10 years, Chester has been given and seen a whopping 1.3 billion investment designed to help the city become a must-see European destination. This massive exciting project has been nicknamed the Chester Renaissance and includes the Northgate development, Delamere Street development and the 60 million headquarters development. And it must be kind of working because Chester was voted the fifth prettiest city in Europe by readers of USA Today and it even beat Prague and Venice, would you believe? And uh, one of the things that they love to see there is Chester Clock or the Eastgate Clock as it's known locally. Uh, it's beautiful. It's on an embellished arch there um, which is on a bridge and apparently it's the second most photographed clock in the world and that's after Big Ben. Uh, Chester's second with running up third would be the Times Square clock. And uh, as I say, uh, looking at some choreographers who come locally from that area, I immediately thought of Mike Hitchin. Um, he's brought some great dancers out and Mike and Babs Hitchin live locally to that area and one of his that has come out recently is called My Baby and Me. I say recently it's from October 2019 but with everything going on that feels like yesterday right? Here it is My Baby and Me.
my baby and me choreographed by mike hitchin who lives not far from the chester area i believe he is in cheshire which is where chester is and we're just talking about if anyone's been to chester in the chat room leslie kids checked in with us she says hi Haley. i've been tuned in from from the start but i am working and she says i did go to chester as a kid and we walked the town walls of course there's a lot of roman history there in chester that looks absolutely amazing the roman amphitheater is the largest in the country and it had seating for no less than 7,000 spectators. In 1208, a law was passed in Chester to effect that there cannot be another market within six and two-third miles of Chester Market. How weird is that? In 2014, this law was used to prevent a car boot sale being held at a local Tesco's. And a Tudor law dictated that Welshmen were not allowed to <laughs> to enter the city of Chester between sunset and sunrise. I found this one e really interesting, a very strange law, um, because uh, the law apparently dictated that if this happened, it was legal to shoot a Welshman with a bow and arrow within the city walls after midnight. Uh, there is no record of this law ever having been repealed. So if you're a Welshman, just be careful if you head to Chester. I've got a few more facts I'm going to try and fit in, but I want to play these next two tracks. Um, this next one is a piece of choreography by a lady called Joyce Plaskett. Now, I know Joyce is down in that area too, and I really wanted to play something of hers because she's, she's great. She's fantastic as Joyce. And of course, we played a My Kitchen song, and I managed to find a piece of choreography by them together, which I'm going to play in a second. I'm also going to play you Lipstick, Powder and Paint, which is a great piece of choreography by two of the loveliest friends I know. Uh, Claire and Steve Rutter are just amazing people and uh, they've had some great choreographies. They're in Wem, which is not far from that Chester area down by Cheshire Way. So let's listen to these back to back. The first one, as I said, is called Ain't Nothing Like The Real Thing. This is by Joyce Plaskett and Mike Hitchin. <laughs> It was in a crystal bottle on his desk He saved it for the times to not forget I miss the way he'd share with me the things that he held true While the lessons rolled around his 80 proof All it took was one sip and it blew my mind Those good old boys sure make it right Take some time, ain't nothing like the real thing. And you can't go back once you get a taste. Everything is second rate. I'm talking genuine, made in the USA. Ain't nothing like the real thing. Real thing. There ain't nothing like the real thing, baby. There ain't nothing real
song is hard to find The right words and a perfect rhyme Cause we all feel the same inside We're all looking for the real thing You know you're not the same once you hear it play There's nothing else that can replace What's genuine made in the USA Ain't nothing like the real thing I'm talking genuine made in the USA Ain't nothing like the real thing Dancers there, 
just as we're leaving the Cheshire area and I'm welcoming Eddie Huffman into the chat room he says good morning Haley. enjoy your day and be safe my friend thank you my dear and um, I'm loving that Sandra's gifs are back she says I've been listening in while I was working feeling like Chandler when he wasn't allowed to tell jokes uh, well it's just great to have you listening Sandra and uh, I, I, I've seen a few great gifs so that's great I ran out of time unfortunately I've got loads of Chester facts that I won't have time to tell you um, but we're going to hand you over to the lovely Ross Brown who's going to be on straight after me and he's going to take you around the world to experience all the events that have been going on there whether real or digital it'll be great to tune in Ross and uh, I'm going to leave you with a, a couple of facts if I can fit them in a Tudor uh, no I've been through that one a first person to walk across Chester's Grosvenor Bridge was a young Princess Victoria the bridge was opened by her mother on October the 17th 1832 and um, Chester is home to one of the most unique architectural designs in the world the famous Rose where you can enjoy shopping on two separate levels and I would love to have told you a little bit more about this I always need more time and everything I do this in classes too you know I'm absolutely terrible but I want to leave you with this great Alan Jackson song today we were talking about the famous Chester clock and so time zone by Gary Lafferty seems the perfect dance to see you out with today um, we were listening to this at the weekend as well uh, Angela if you're listening in this one is for you too I will see you next Wednesday actually saying that it will be pre-recorded next Wednesday because I am teaching a workshop to a wonderful group in India virtually um, to Monica's class so but please do tune in for that pre-recorded version and I will catch you live the week after here we go see you next week
What would Jimmy Buffett do? Funny you should ask, Al. <laughs> I'd say, pull me something tall and strong Make it a hurricane before I go insane It's only half past twelve, but I don't care Belgium and German line dance choreographers. 